Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet and smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. All right, everybody. Welcome to Fat Guys with Smokers. I'm John, and here with Mike. There's a lot of a lot going on today, John. I know a little we've, more uh, going on. We've entered a new phase of of our uh, podcast fame. We've got cameras rolling today, so we can. Um, we'll see if this one ends up on on YouTube or not. We we want to get it on YouTube. We think that'll be a good channel to be able to interact with everybody, but. Um, mm-hmm. At least right now we'll have some fun B-roll for uh, for Instagram. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to. I hope everyone's been enjoying the content. Um, Mike made Instagram <laughs> fame this weekend in the, in yeah. the um, here in the neighborhood. All the all the housewives were hot with desire. They were digging it, man. They were digging it. Maybe not hot with desire, but they certainly liked giving Whitney a little bit of. Yeah, a little bit of crap about it. Yeah, it was kind of fun. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what you did, Mike? Well, so there's a song. Uh, it's like a TikTok trend. I I don't know what you call it, or maybe it's an older one. Uh, honestly, there's a guy, uh, and his handle I think on TikTok is Board Trophy Husband or something. But he'll do these funny videos about how his wife thinks he's sexy when he does chores, and he'll dance to this song. Uh, so anyway, I tried to incorporate barbecue to it and try to make it like a romantic (laughs) type of deal. I don't know. It was fun. I tell you what though, there was like a 10 second clip where I was dancing and I had to wait until none of my neighbors were outside, which wasn't hard because it was like zero degrees, but it was like 10 seconds. Whitney filmed it and I was like, all right, get back inside. Hurry before anybody sees us. But (laughs) <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was pretty humiliating. The uh, head coach of the drill team at the school that I work out or work at sent me an email and uh, offered me a job as the assistant head coach um, for the drill team after seeing my dance video. She was joking, obviously, um, but I told her I'd seen too many episodes of Dance Moms to think that that would be a good idea. So I was going to say, I, I feel like you show up to practice. Yeah. I should show up to practice, bring your whistle, <laughs> see what happens. That would be pretty awesome. Um, I may or may not have tried out for the cheerleading squad because one of my teachers was the coach and said, yeah, if you come out, you'll make the squad for sure to a couple of buddies of mine. And Oh, really? I luckily moved from that school right after it happened, but I, uh, yeah, we showed up. She was not happy. <laughs> not happy. Um, yeah, it was fun. I'm having fun with these reels. I don't know. I'm sure they're super cringy, and I'm sure I'll look back on them in a few years and be like, well, what were we thinking? But Just remember, Mike, you do this in your driveway. <laughs> there are people that do this in Costco. Yeah. Not, not just try and fake film like I did in Costco. They, like, full-on in a mall... Yeah. Highly crowded public places. Busy places full of people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel better about my life now. Thank Good. you. You've talked me off the ledge. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Yeah. 
Um, okay, shout outs this week. We, uh, we're going to take this down to just a single shout out that Mike and I both like. Um, want to make sure we hold on to enough people to shout out and maybe spend a little more time talking about them. Yeah. But uh, this week it's Kendrick Barbecue. He's, uh, he's now a local boy. Yeah, originally from California and decided to move to Salt Lake. Yeah, can't say that I blame him. Uh, heck out of California, you know. Yeah, out of California, but he's got to be regretting it right about now. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think we've broken thirty in like two weeks. It now. is so cold. It is the opposite time <laughs> to be a really successful barbecue man. Yeah, but but um, Kendrick, he's got a super cool story that. Um, Went through a lot of hard things in life and kind of used barbecue to get back out of it. And um, now he's like, he's deep in with Traeger and one of their like main ambassadors and does a lot of stuff with them that mm. he is, uh, he's living the dream. So can he keep it up, man? Yeah. I love watching his videos. Deliciousness. That's what he makes. That he does. All righty, Mikey. What are we, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about rubs and seasonings and stuff like that. Um, and I, I just want to preface all of our conversation with eat what you like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, we're going to give a couple of, of our opinions and that's really all that they are. We like the way these taste. There are thousands of of different rubs out there. I was just at Walmart today and the barbecue rub section has gotten like twice as big as it used to be, I swear. And there's all these different brands that, that look like they'd be pretty good to try. And so I am by no means saying this is the only rub to ever use. This, these are just the ones that we have, I feel like have the most experience with and, and have used. And so that's kind of our opinion. Yeah. It's funny. I, w- I was at Walmart last night and I remember, you know, go back five, six years ago, they had like three barbecue rubs. They were like just yeah. trying to get there. And it's like an entire section now yeah, that they've it's got. big. So there's a bunch. They're becoming more and more readily available at places like Smith's, Kroger, Walmart. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these specialty stores like, you know, we've got one here in town called the Barbecue Pit Stop. Mm-hmm. They literally have an entire wall. A like whole 25 wall. feet eight foot high covered in different rubs yeah and they've got like have you ever done like their testing station Uh -uh. you can go over and they'll like they've got all those open rubs and you can like pour some into your hand and like taste them i've never done it because it sounds kind of weird to like sit there and lick your finger (laughs) in front of so glad we have that on video now (laughs) but just like delicious you know (laughs) Um, well, I'm going to have anyway. so much fun with that footage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that you can taste everything, which to me, I kind of, it's hard for me to taste a rub and know how it's going to taste on a, on a slab of meat. You know what I mean? But anyway, they do have that. Yeah. So I, I mean, big shock. I've got a whole bunch of meat church rubs on here that I want to talk about, um, mm-hmm. Likewise, most of mine are killer hogs, Malcolm Reed's. Yeah. So one of the things I've really enjoyed is we've kind of done more Instagram and and gotten a few podcast episodes out, which um, we broke the thousand download mark. Oh, we did. Yeah. How did we not start with that? That's um, pretty awesome. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening and for coming along. But 
Um, I've really enjoyed the like the comments and the questions we're getting. Yeah. Lots of DMs. So keep those coming. We hope in going to uh, to YouTube, it'll provide a little bit better um, viewer engagement and yeah, maybe it's really easy to comment on a YouTube video versus. I don't even think I know how to comment on a podcast. You have to like rate it and go here and there. And so, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, uh, I'm excited for that. I mean, yeah. And that's what makes it fun is interacting with other people, not just me and you. I mean, we have a great time, but answering people's questions and, and having people engage is kind of the point. Yeah. We've had a bunch of questions. Um, you know, how do you get the membrane off the back of the ribs? Um, we had someone reach out to us about that and talking about pellet flavors, mm-hmm. um, which pellet flavors are, man, we could spend a lot of time talking about pellet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There are a lot of options and, you know, I mean, you would know better than me on pellet flavors. I basically stick with what I know. Well, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, I think this is one thing that the, the stick burner guys get right. Like. There's definitely a difference in like a mesquite pellet or a char hickory pellet to an oak pellet. Like uh-huh. you've really got to be paying attention, I think, to know the difference between oak, pecan, yeah, like uh, those milder, those, those milder flavors. Yeah, you can tell the the different ends of the spectrum pretty well. Mm-hmm. The middle, I think, it's kind of muddled. I think so too. So, um. That's a long way to say. Keep the questions coming. We really enjoy having those. And yeah, um, it's kind of the point of what we're doing. So, yep. So let, I mean, let's jump into it, Mike. And okay. You did it. Mike's got our outline here, and I think he broke it down the right way because when I think about rubs, I think about the different meats, mm-hmm. and you really gotta, like you said, it's it's hard to know what something's gonna taste like on a certain kind of meat, right? Um. Until you've eaten a lot of it. So if you're new new to the sport <laughs> and it is a sport, all right. I'd say I'd say keep it like keep your flavors really simple and learn what the meat tastes like first. Yeah. Get that I in like that. get that strong in your memory and then you can start to dress it up. Yeah. I agree. And on that note, a great way to start is just with these all purpose rubs. There's a ton of them out there, and they're all very, very similar. Um, salt, pepper, garlic. Yeah. That's what I see. I mean, um, and, and you can, And you can literally start just start salt, pepper, garlic. If that's all you put, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, equal parts. I made my own once. I think I put, a, like, uh, equal parts salt and pepper and then, like, half as much garlic or something. Uh, and it was great. And honestly, if that's all you used, I think that's really good. Yeah. And that really focuses the flavor on the meat, but also brings it out. Like I think the salt uh, does a good job of kind of, I don't know, reacting with the meat maybe and making it sweat a little bit and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, if that's, I, I, my favorite is the all, I mean, it's called the all purpose seasoning from Killer Hogs, Malcolm Reed's. Uh, I put that on everything. I put it on eggs. I put it on uh, beef, chicken, fish, whatever. Uh, it's good on vegetables, like, and I mean, it's salt, pepper, and garlic, which you can put on everything. And if, like, I think you nailed it. If you do that, then really what you're tasting is the meat and you're seeing how that tastes. And 
and what flavors would go well with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the meat church version is called the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, salt, pepper, garlic. There's, um, a lot of times you see red rubs, it's, there's paprika in it. It doesn't add a lot of flavor, but it adds great color. Just color. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of red mahogany color is really like it pops in pictures and it's yeah. appealing to the eye. So that helps with, uh, you, you taste things first with your eyes. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. that helps, but going salt, pepper, garlic is, it's a great way to introduce flight, like a little bit of seasoning, accentuate the main meat, you know, and I think really the pepper level um, is what I would play with more than trying to change salt and garlic. Yeah. Um, the redder or darker the meat, the more pepper, I would say. And Interesting. as you get to wider meats, I back off the pepper a little bit. Is my, huh. That's how I do it. Um, I like that. Yeah. I mean, Texas, Texas barbecue, especially brisket. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's salt and pepper. They call it the Dalmatian rub because it's equal parts kosher salt and e- equal part um, coarse black pepper. And that's all they use. That's all. That's like what traditionally is. I mean, yeah. a lot of people have added to that. They put right. garlic in it. They um, put coffee in it for yeah. for brisket. But um, beef handles that kind of peppery or like stronger flavors than like a chicken breast is going to. Yeah. And when you get into beef and pork and all that stuff, I almost always layer the flavors, which I think is pretty common to do, especially if you're trying to build a bark on it. And I'll always start, regardless of what I'm doing, I usually start with an AP rub and just get it, do a light coat on both sides to just get things rolling. And then I'll layer on some of these other things that we'll talk about depending on what it is. So, yeah. So find a good AP rub. Um, it, I've got a couple that are kind of my go-to. I mean, gospel is like the definition AP rub that when I'm just looking for something, I mean, and it almost sits on the kitchen table, like yeah. just like salt and pepper shaker wood. I mean, we put it on popcorn. We put it on. Oh, popcorn. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. We Never thought of that. We put it on everything. Um, is that gospel rub? Um, the other one that I really like is um, it's Dia de la Fajita. I think I've talked about this one before. Um, when I did Chili Verde, I used it on a pork shoulder, but um, <clears throat> it's got a little, it's got a little bit of a Mexican kick to it that that I really like. And like, I think there's actually a bottle of it in my truck. Oh. Like when I say we use it everywhere, <laughs> we use it <laughs> everywhere. Bring it out in restaurants and uh, not enough seasoning. Let me get my idea. I've never, I've never taken it in. I have put it on my French fries though. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then I have not tried that. I've seen it, but I haven't tried. Oh that. yeah. It's really good. Mm. And then the, the other one, um, it's meat church. They have a garlic and herb one, which when people ask me what it like, what does it taste like? I like, I say it tastes like Sunday dinner. Oh, like, okay. Like a roast that your yeah, mom like made. Mom's pork roast, mom's beef, like whatever it is. Like <clears throat> that rub reminds me of Sunday dinner. Oh, huh. So garlic and herb. That's mm-hmm. just what it's called. Yeah, that's garlic what it's called. Herb. It's garlic wow. herb. It's got a lot of salt in it. It's got some other, um, you know, rosemary thyme kind of flavors in it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more of a savory than a smoky sweet barbecue. I should try that. Like for Thanksgiving turkeys, I feel like I try to 
get a little more herb in there. So I'll use the AP rub and then I'll try to like make my own mm. rosemary thyme. I wonder if I just use that if that it, would be. You can. Good. It's a very traditional, yeah, like poultry kind of rub. Mm-hmm. Um, poultry is down at the end, and we can we can talk about how I do turkey. Yeah, I don't follow the traditions. You silly goose. That's a turkey, Mike, not a goose. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else, what do we got next, John? Sorry, I had a cough. That's what what I had next. Well, I appreciate um, you sharing that with us. Hey, you know it. Beautiful Cache Valley continues to, <laughs> to be home <laughs> to some of the worst air in uh, in the nation. Oh. I'm actually I've got to go to L.A. for work next week, and I'm looking forward to going and breathing the nice, clear oh. California air. Seriously, we live in a beautiful place, but we're surrounded by mountains. So when it gets cold, it just sinks down, and yep. nothing can escape. So. Um, okay. Beef rubs. We talked a little bit about this. Yeah. I think, I think the overarching theme for beef rubs is pepper. Yeah. Like beef just loves pepper. Mm-hmm. So, um, surprise, surprise. Another meat church rub. Like I'm going to, I should stop saying that they're all meat church rubs. Yeah. Um, well. I've got, I've got a couple here that aren't and I'll call them out, but, um, this, this is holy cow. So, meat church, you could actually, like, line their rubs up on a shelf, and you've got gospel, which is their their AP rub, mm-hmm. and then you've got the holy gospel, which is, it's got more pepper in it than the AP rub, mm-hmm. and then you have holy cow, which has, like, twice the pepper that holy cow does but mm. they're all built on that ap rub so it's it starts with that foundation mm. but um that became my go-to for beef and brisket i don't know three or four years ago that i'll play with other flavors i always come back to to holy cow for beef mm-hmm. and whether it's a steak whether it's a brisket i was gonna say it's not just brisket like that's good on steak that's good on burgers that's good on yeah. everything yeah, I love I love that combination. It's the right balance of of pepper and salt that it's you know the pepper's there, but it doesn't burn your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then it's got enough garlic and other stuff in it to just kind of make things pop and and sing. So yeah, that's my that's my favorite rub for beef. I like it. I uh, I like the hot barbecue rub from Killer Hogs. Okay, um, it's like the barbecue rub that's more sugary more stuff like that the hot barbecue rub is just more peppery like we talked about i feel like with beef sugar is not really i mean you can put sugar on it and it's fine but i feel like the pepper is really what helps you taste the beef i feel like the sugar almost covers up delicious flavors in beef yeah there's there's definitely something that happens there where you taste less of the meat and more of the rub yeah which may like for some people that may be what they're after yeah and i mean it's like marinating and dr pepper like there's tons of sugar and so that's kind of what you taste but yeah this is um so the hot barbecue rub killer hogs very good very nice color kind of like you were talking about it's got that paprika in it uh i'll even put a little bit on my ribs just the top side because it's got it makes a really pretty color and and makes them look delicious like you said you eat with your eyes first and that's really good there's also and i looked this up like yesterday uh because i haven't been able to find them it's called Oak Ridge Barbecue, and they had some awesome rubs, and they closed down at the end of this year. 
they're done. And I'm kind of oh, bummed. Bummer. Yeah, I guess the uh, inflation and the, and COVID and everything just kind of, they posted the thing on their Facebook page. It was like, hey, we're done. Thanks for your 12 years of service. But they had a Black Ops brisket rub, which I guess I shouldn't talk about because it's not available anymore. But it was really good. Um, and just kind of had just some different notes of pepper and, and a really pretty color on that too. I feel like pretty is the wrong word to use when you're talking about beef. I really hey, I support it. Phenomenal color. I don't know. It seems less manly. It seems dainty. Just uh, say it with a deeper voice. Pretty. It's a pretty brisket. There you go. Yeah, that sounds that sounds better. Equal parts creepy and better. So yeah. So it's called Black Ops. Did did it have charcoal in it? Like was it a black know, actually. like a black colored rub? Yeah, there was some black in it. Is it charcoal? I. <laughs> What? And I meant to look, when you texted me earlier this week and said, hey, let's talk about rubs. Uh This was like the one thing I was like, I've got to go research this because I don't know enough about it. Um, But there are a bunch of rubs. Um, Jess Pryles has one, um, Hardcore Carnivore Black, that is, and I've got it upstairs. I've used it a couple of times. Um that it's definitely one that like on the bottle it says like layer it in with other things but it's it's a charcoal rub. Huh. Actual charcoal. Mhm. Interesting. But I haven't it's one I haven't figured out yet because I'm not sure how to use it and I'm not sure like what it's trying to accomplish. Right. What I'm reading here, I mean and I've googled this in the last 5 seconds. It's it says indoor charcoal grilling without the grill, so it kind of reminds me of kind of a liquid smoke type of deal, where you get a little note of charcoal, without having to actually use charcoal. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. I will do research and come back. Yeah, for the group. I'm and interested. We can talk about that. I'm interested. I've never even heard of this. Yeah. Huh. Speaking of charcoal, my uh, my Weber kettle was in my garage and my back deck had a foot of snow on it right so i uh i busted out the the weber kettle on valentine's day and in your honor mike oh dude and before anyone panics i pulled the i pulled it out (laughs) into the driveway i didn't try and grill (laughs) in my garage i'm not how many houses have burned down the last year for people trying to grill in their garage (laughs) i'm wait we'll wait and see there was a house last night that burned down yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I know there's been a couple around here that yeah, it's happened say, this the one, year. The one last summer, um, was that last summer? Maybe it was two summers ago. But it was, they were using a, a camp chef in their mm-hmm. garage, and the hose failed. Yeah. And the 25-gallon propane tank turned into a giant flamethrower. Giant flamethrower for everything. Yeah, the house was gone in five minutes. Yeah, sad deal. So, yeah. if you're grilling in your garage, go outside. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Just say no, folks. Yep. Don't do it. Nancy Reagan. I like it. Alrighty. Beef. On to... uh, uh, Might arguably be the most popular barbecue protein ever. I think so. I think you're right. Definitely. I want to say harder to screw up. Yeah. So we're talking... Yeah. We're talking about pork. Yeah. Um, And... Pork is, yeah, it's the training wheels of barbecue. Yeah. I would say. Absolutely. Um, I tell people to start with pork shoulders. 
It's incredibly forgiving. Part of that's, mm-hmm. it's just got a lot of fat content to it. Right. Um, it's cheaper. I mean, yeah. it's it's been getting more expensive, but you can still pretty regularly find pork shoulders for, you know, two, two fifty, three bucks a pound. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a really versatile meat. It's, it's yeah. somewhere between boring white chicken breasts and $10 a pound ribeye. Right. Um, so you've got, you've got some good flavor and it just care, man, you can do so many things with pork. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it kind of captures the flavor a little bit better. Like whatever you put on there, I feel like, I don't know, it incorporates it. Maybe it's just in my head, but I feel like it incorporates whatever you can do so many different flavors with it. You know, you could do spicy, like your chili verde type of deal. Or you can do a really sugary, like candied bacon type of deal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. Um, you can go sweet, you can go savory. Um, but I think probably the most popular thing is again, kind of a an all-purpose base. But you start to add in more sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet is really popular. My favorite is a uh, honey hog. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, honey hog is really starting to get overtaken by Texas sugar for yeah. me. Um, it's a sweeter rub, but it's got like this cayenne heat in the back of it that it's, it is the newest of all the meat church rubs and it's just stupid. Good. Mm-hmm. Like you smell it and you can't help but smile. Yeah, it is really good. And it actually reminds me a lot flavor wise of my favorite one that I've got on here. And that's the bar, the barbecue rub from killer hogs. And that's exactly what it is. Just sugary, still got some pepper and some mm-hmm. some heat in the back, but mostly it's uh, you know, a pretty sweet, uh really good, really good rub. So do you ever have a problem when you're cooking with sugar? Like for example, I know when you're doing ribs, if you sauce them and put them back on, the main thing is you really don't want that sugar in the sauce to burn. Like I feel like if I'm doing a steak or something, we're cooking so hot and fast that if you put sugar on that, you're just going to taste burnt sugar. Uh, Yeah, that would make sense to me. I mean, I think it's how much sugar compared to how much moisture there is. Yeah, I guess that Um, makes sense. You started to talk about this a little bit, but as you pull, as you put salt on meat, it starts to sweat. Mm -hmm. It starts to pull some of the, the moisture out and in that process it also sucks some of the flavor in to replace it. Yeah. Um, so as long as you've got enough salt to make it sweat and keep the sugar wet, Mm -hmm. you get that like sticky kind of caramely experience with the sugar. If, but yeah, if you go too hot, it will carbonize, turn into a meteorite and be really bitter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking of like, the sides of a cotton candy bowl that just are really hard and gross. That's kind of what it reminds me of if it gets too hot and burns our sugar. Yeah. There is nothing you, you think of cotton candy. I think of kettle corn and I think there's nothing worse in this world than burnt kettle corn. You've got burnt popcorn plus burnt sugar. Like, yeah, that sounds terrible. But, uh, yeah. Pork rubs, I really like Texas sugar, honey hog. Um, there is also a, it, I think we've talked about pecan is one of my favorite woods to cook yeah. with. 
as um, well as me. And now I'm gonna forget it. I think it's that's honey nuts or D's nuts or oh dear, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is a hilarious label. But Meat Church has a it is a sweet rub that's got pecan dust in it. Oh, pecan dust. Uh huh. Interesting. That is, uh, it's just really good. Hmm. That kind of adds a little bit of that nutty flavor back on top of pork, which is awesome. So I really like that. Um, but this is another one, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, the garlic and herb is so good um, on pork that it, you get a sirloin roast and, you know, hit it with a, with a garlic, garlic and herby rub. And, and now you've got a real savory kind of Sunday dinner-esque meal yeah. rather, rather than just barbecue. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the fun parts about barbecue is a lot of times when we talk barbecue, we're thinking Kansas City style. Go Chiefs. Way to go, Andy Reid. Congratulations. Yeah, great win. <laughs> um, but you think of this like red, sticky barbecue, brown sugar, molasses kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do all sorts of things with a smoker. You can yeah. have a very savory herb roast you can have uh mm-hmm. you can have a very traditional turkey dinner off of it yeah um and it all comes down to what rub you put on it yeah so lots of options lots of things you can try there i just looked it up it is called these nuts yes. so i feel like i'm okay. back in school right now so thanks for that um <laughs> did you say that mr beast came out with a new candy bar <laughs> no it's called these nuts oh my gosh <laughs> Jeez. It's uh, um, supposed to be a peanut butter rub. Oh, wow. Um, poultry rubs. Let's talk about that. What makes a good poultry rub? I feel like I in my most of my experience making poultry is turkeys on Thanksgiving. So we kind of talked about this. I like the traditional um, I like the traditional taste. I also kind of like a Cajun style seasoning Ooh. for for poultry, so a lot of times when I do chicken, I'll use a Cajun seasoning on top of it. My favorite one, I usually, honestly, sometimes if I'm just cooking like chicken breast to eat, uh, you know, this week we did some in the air fryer and I just put a little of that AP rub on and it was phenomenal. Um, and so a lot of times that AP rub is kind of my go-to poultry rub too, but I also like uh, Slap Ya Mama. You ever had that? <laughs> I haven't. It's it's just a Cajun rub. It's pretty good. And I bought it because I thought the name was funny. But it's actually pretty good. Just reminds me a lot of... Uh, what's that uh, meat church rub? Holy Voodoo. Holy Voodoo. Reminds me a lot of that. A lot of that. those notes in it. So that's kind of my go-to for poultry. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Holy Voodoo is one of mine. Um, in the Cajun realm, as you start... I mean, we always... <laughs> We always called it Uncle Tony's at my house, but it's uh, Tony Chatteries. Mm. Um, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, it's a green bottle with like a white marquee and yeah, red writing on it. I think it uh, you can find it at Walmart or any grocery store. Um, growing up, that was like the go-to Cajun seasoning. It was like the only one that was there before it really kind of got popular and took off. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's great on on poultry. Um I've got another one here that's uh, whiskey. <clears throat> oh, I'm. You're doing great, John. I'm, Stay with I'm us. I'm breathing. I'm <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Um, I can't wait for spring and decent air to be around again. Yeah. Um. 
but uh, it's a whiskey bent barbecue. So Chad Ward, we talked about him yeah. a couple of yeah. episodes we ago. We shouted him out. Yeah. Uh, whiskey bent barbecue. It's a blazing bird that it's a, again, it's a little bit spicier, but sugared rub. Um, I wouldn't quite go all the way to like a Cajun seasoning, but I, I really like that kind of sweet heat. Yeah. Um, flavor on, on birds. Yeah. And I feel like chicken, in my opinion, is kind of plain. And so the seasoning makes a big difference on chicken. I feel like brisket and a big slab of, of, uh, of beef, you know, you can play a little bit with the seasonings, but the beef is the star. I feel like with chicken, sometimes it's just so blah. Maybe it's just cause we eat it so much, but so different rubs, I think make a huge difference on chicken as opposed to a, a brisket. Yeah, you definitely taste the rub more with with chicken than anything else. Yeah. But um you just talked about brisket and and turkeys and all these things and it reminded me that I needed to be highly controversial. Oh dear. With turkey. Oof. All right. And I wish I could take credit for this. Uh Mr. Pittman did this first and I have since only done turkeys this way. Um I use my beef rub on turkey. Oh. The holy cow. Really? And it is ridiculously good. The extra pepper, huh? The extra pepper. And it like if you've ever gone to the deli and like gotten the like black pepper turkey for yeah. like sandwich meats. Okay. Same kind of flavor, but turkey like meal like um, like a roast turkey. Yeah. Is so good. Interesting. Yep. <clears throat> um Use mayo as a binder and just slather it. Like any positive health benefits eating turkey has, I try and take away. <laughs> you go ahead and negate those. Huh? Yeah. So um, I I've s- used mayo as a binder. It makes a good binder too. Yeah. And it s- doesn't like taste super mayo-y, I don't think. Yeah. I skip the butter, it. get rid of it, um, and go straight to the mayo. Hmm. And it... <coughs> Sorry, podcast world. Stay with us, John. Oh, I'm dying. Um <laughs> The, and I don't know if it's the egg in the mayo or what, but I, I feel like I get a way better golden color on my turkeys. Yeah. Um, and it just, it hangs there longer. So the rub sticks to it better, Hmm. but it, uh, yeah, I use that holy cow on it and every time it's just so good. Hmm. That sounds good. And then do you follow it up with your garlic and herb or do you just use holy cow? Straight holy cow. Really? Sometimes I even put extra pepper on it. Huh. Interesting. Like, I don't know what it is about turkey, and I'm I'm, I'm sure chicken would be similar. Mm-hmm. But I, man, it holds pepper and just, it's fantastic. Hmm. I think the hard part about turkey is, because it is a much leaner meat, like it doesn't sweat the same way a pork or a brisket does. Yeah. So getting flavored deep is really hard. So you've, if you don't want to eat the skin, like that's cool. That's fine. Get your rub underneath the skin, get your, um, get your mayo, get your binder down there too, so that you, you can try and penetrate into the meat because, you know, you do a traditional Turkey, you don't want to eat the skin, which like Haley won't eat the skin. Like she thinks it's gross. Really? Um, And like, if, I'm not even a huge skin fan, but what I will do is I'll pull it off and put it in the air fryer or put it under the broiler and like 
really turn it into like super crispy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll eat that and that's delicious. Yeah. I don't like the rubbery skin that you get on a turkey. Yeah. I don't not think anybody fan. does. Yeah. And like even day old turkey skin is just not good, but that's yeah. usually where all the rub is. So yeah, that's, that's a good where point. all, all the flavor, like all of the seasoning stays with the skin. So if you don't, if you don't get right on what you're going to eat, you're never going to taste anything. Yeah. So, hmm. um, can I put you on the spot? Oh, you can. I can't guarantee the results. Well, I just know you just did a, a competition last summer. Yeah. Um, one of the things you cooked were chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. And you started talking about rubbery skin. Like, that's half the reason I hate cooking thighs is I can never get the skin right. It's tough, man. It's brutal. And a lot of times what people will do is they'll take the skin completely off and then rub the meat. And then you like flap the skin back mm-hmm. on, and as it cooks, it kind of tightens back onto it. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I, uh, I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you, but um, a lot of it is I, I believe I cooked all of those on my Weber kettle, just hot, fast. I used the vortex to kind of hopefully get a convection style, and my skin still wasn't great. We did not mm-hmm. do well with chicken thighs. I mean, I didn't even know you cooked chicken thighs until after i signed up for the competition and it was like the second thing on there so uh i mean everything was learned within six months of the competition so but people like dedicate their life to it and are crazy i'm not a huge fan just because of the skin like even if you do get it right it's like i don't know i was gonna say the entire reason i didn't sign up for that competition was because i had chicken thighs yeah it was it was thighs and spare ribs, right? Yeah. Well, actually, they changed to back ribs before we started. So that's a little annoying. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I practiced on spare ribs the whole time, and then they gave us back ribs when we showed up. Yeah, that's so. a totally different cook. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I'd rather cook back ribs than spare ribs. Yeah. Like when it was like spare ribs and and thighs, I was like, eh. Yeah. I don't think I want to do this. It is different. It's much different planning and everything, but. Yeah, and uh, some competitions, you don't you're not required to turn the skin in on your chicken thighs. Really? Yeah, according to my research, most of them do, but there's some like I don't know one of the circuits, one of the big circuits does not require you to turn in your skin, which I feel like would be a game changer because the skin I feel like is the hardest part. Yeah, I mean maybe it makes it a little bush league, but like I take that that'd be way more fun. Like yeah. the, the skin stresses me out so much. Yeah. Yep. But. All right. Um, I, I guess sides, veggies, potatoes. What do, you, what do you like using in terms of flavors and rubs? There, I have not experimented a lot. I love the AP. Put it on all my veggies, all my sides. Like it's not. I mean, I'll put it on asparagus or on broccoli or whatever, um, and just sprinkle it on. And I love it. I like it on mashed potatoes. I like it on. You know, any kind of a side, that's usually my go-to. But like I said, I have not experimented with a lot of them. I'm sure there's others that just make things pop. But um, AP is what I go to for any sides or veggies or anything like that. And mine's the garlic and herb. Like, that garlic and herb rub elevates veggies to a whole new level. It's awesome on potatoes. Um, And it it pairs in really well with the traditional barbecue flavors. Mm -hmm. So... We use that quite a bit. Um, it, so in the garlic and herb meat church, I think it's like their like gourmet line or something like the bottles are a little smaller. They're black labels. Mm. They don't, 
they look different than all the other meat true shrubs, but they've got um, a garlic and herb, a lemon pepper, and an all-purpose. Or okay. n- it's not all-purpose. What is it? It's like a. I think it's a seasoning salt. It's like Lowry's okay. kind of. Oh style. yeah. Okay. Um, but I really like those on on sides. The lemon pepper is great too. Um, mm-hmm. Lemon pepper is actually really good on fish, especially white fish. Right. Yeah. Um, that we have. I don't eat a lot of fish um, either. And what fish I do eat typically ends up being like teriyaki salmon. Mm. Um, my dad does a, I don't know if his is teriyaki or a ginger glaze, but a Asian inspired um, flavor of salmon. And that's, Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And it is super good. I just, the, for whatever reason, my family, we, we just don't eat a lot of fish. Yeah. Neither do we. My brother-in-law fishes a lot, and so sometimes I'll go with him, and, and we'll have some trout that I put in the smoker. But I have not—I don't need enough to have any opinion on what's a good rub or anything like that. But lemon pepper seems to be kind of the go-to. Yeah, anytime I've ever had, yeah, it's whether it's grilled, smoked, steamed, it's always butter, lemons, yeah, pepper on on my fish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. But I mean, if I'm eating fish, most of the time it's been deep fried at least once. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it catfish. really doesn't matter what yeah. you put on it. Yeah. Catfish, cod, whole bunch of tartar sauce. Yeah. A little Ooh. cocktail sauce, maybe. See, that's my style of fish. I'm sure people on the coasts would hear that and be like, that's not even seafood. But to me, that's that's the good stuff. I'm uh, I was in North Carolina last last week. Was that just last week? I, I think was there? so, yeah. Yeah, I've uh I've been traveling more for work last little bit. Um and one of the fun parts is just you get to eat a lot of different kinds of food. Mm-hmm. But uh <coughs> North Carolina man, it was all mm. it was all deep fried. Had That's a, awesome. Had a bunch of catfish and Really? Um yeah, had had an oyster po' boy that was uh it was pretty good. A lot of shrimp, like it was, Does uh, the catfish there, do you think, taste different than the catfish here? Because we've got a lot of like channel cats and mud cats and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, the stuff you buy at the grocery store, no, because most of that's farm raised. Right. Um, I think that tastes closer to like the brackish water or the mm-hmm. or the like clear river cats that you get you get back east. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't eat catfish that I catch around here. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I've heard they're garbage eaters, but I'd be willing to try it if I thought it would produce a similar flavor. But yeah, I don't I, I don't fish enough to really know. I tried them when I was a kid, and it was. And I guess this is a thing that like you have to know when to fish for catfish. Yeah, and it was like a really, it was a really hot part of the summer, and they get kind of like, like mealy and. It was described as wormy to me. Oh. I don't know if they were actual worms or not. Just but... that description would be enough for me to be like, I'm good. Yeah, it's know. super muddy. It's like eating ducks in Utah. Like, yeah. They just See, eat garbage. They spend thinking. a lot of time in the mud and in the marshes. And mm-hmm. it is not like eating a duck that's been in a cornfield yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. Which that makes I sense. I had duck while I was in North Carolina. I guess I was in, uh, I was just outside of D.C. when I had duck. But How was it? <laughs> It was awesome. It was Peking Duck. Mm. You talked about that. Yep. I mm. was I was super excited about that. But Right on. Yeah. So. Well, we should have an episode just talking about your travels. Uh, my travels haven't been that fun. We, uh, 
I mean, we went a bunch of places, but we did a flew in Monday, did three days in the car, put over a thousand miles on the rental and flew home Friday. Gross. And, uh, the guy sitting next to me, thankfully I was on the aisle. Poor guy was stuck in the middle. Uh, he would fit right in with you and me, Mike. Oh, he would actually man. make us. And look, he was in the middle. He he actually Bummer. made us look a little trim. <laughs> so oh. super nice guy. We like we had fun, but it was definitely one of those where it was like he'd lean forward for a while, and then I'd <laughs> lean forward for a while. Like our one of the gals that I work with was in the window, and like she was just like smashed up against. <laughs> just... Like I felt bad for her. Um, oh, there there was no room on that island planes these days man they are packed shoulder yeah. to shoulder yeah so hmm. well what, anything else I, that's all i got we've uh certainly talked enough about rubbing and and lots of good things this morning so mm-hmm. until next time i'm john i'm mike and we're fat guys with smokers thanks for listening to the fat guys with smokers podcast Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of bad guys with smokers. Don't forget to like subscribe.